0: So, today, I read in the New Yorker, quote, In the draft, Justice Samuel Alito repeatedly cites the 14th Amendment, which specifies that any right conferred by its due process clause must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and traditions. Well, there is no such phrase in the amendment. Al is relying on the average American in ignorance of the con and its amendments, which is apparently a very good bet. In 1997, indeed, the court argued in Washington v. Glucksburg that due process rights would need to be carefully described and under that description deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. What ordered liberty means the mind boggles. So, now we know Big Al's lie is not deeply rooted in our traditions and history unless 25 years is deeply rooted. Then on he drones, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. The inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. So effing what? To be clear, without going on forever and a day, the nation's history and traditions and its constitution ensured specifically women had no rights to vote to an independent life at all. We're virtual property, along with anyone not white, male and 21. Unfortunately for Alito and his buds, our history and traditions are a very, very nasty place unless you are, well, he and his. I read a brilliant question the other day. Can we be honest about our history and still be inspired with it? It was asked as if it were important to be inspired by history. I am not at all sure that it is, but it is one of those sweeping intellectualisms intellectuals delight in. What part, I ask you, of European history would inspire me, unless I were inspired by conquest, perpetual warfare, oppression of women, minorities, and the lower classes? Tell me, do. I am inspired. I would be inspired by by those who fought against all the warring and oppressing. Yes, but that is not what the questioner meant, is it? Would I be inspired by the technology, the great industrial revolution? Sure, I'm grateful for indoor plumbing. I'm not sure it reaches inspired, but definitely grateful. Other technologies, the carbon footprinted ones, not so much but I did have an inspiring bike ride just now, so thumbs up to the inventor of bicycles, an inspired thinker, Since Socrates and Jesus, invented or not, Karl Marx, Carl Jung, very few for a lot of waiting. There are again lots of resistors of the vaunted claims of history, they are inspired, I think. Very valuable folk, but only in so far as they burst the bubbles of idiots. I did think for at least 20 years that they had made a success, that their works had dented the armour of the weak, powerful and gullible, but the last decade has been excruciating on the evidence. See notes on the Northmen. But that the insights of Freud and Jung had been so idly swept away by avenge my father, save my mother and my kingdom, Is a tad demoralizing. Honestly, I'm very inspired by builders of buildings. Bridges, cars, trains, beautiful sculptures, symphonies, the symphonies themselves. But is that history? I have a decent metaphor in response to this question. My father was a destructive person who succeeded professionally. Neither trait inspired me. I knew him well, I loved his soul, whose frustrations made him destructive, so I could forgive him at last and be inspired by his effort to overcome his shortcomings, and so with history of countries, I have loved and do love, love the truth, not the lie. But if I apply this to this country's history and traditions, there is nothing inspiring at all, because unlike my brave father, it has chosen the lie. I know, I know. Very good friends of mine insist there is a uniqueness, a specialness, an exceptionalism. I'm sorry it entirely eludes me. It is Viking. I think there is a myth lie that might capture the imagination, the rather starved imagination of a 10-year-old, But being honest about our history just leaves Alito a blithering idiot. And reverence for a Supreme Court so entirely premised on this dishonesty about history that apart from the variety of opinion among devout Catholics commands no respect of me. Do I need to believe there is a synod of men and women who sit in judgment on the vital questions of our civilization? No. If I had that need, would I imagine this synod to be composed of Ivy League lawyers? Definitely no. Can a democracy survive without this council of ephors conceived by elitists to be the last word replacing the aristocratic morons of the House of Lords? I know it cannot survive with it. Especially one devoted to the depraved history and traditions of the United States or any European country I know. But that phrase has not been canonized there for about a thousand years. Unless you include the Third Reich. The English might think England has a great history and great traditions. It has a great history of defeat and invasion. Settlement, I suppose. And what is golden in her flows from that. The US, on the other hand, no invasion or defeat. And therein lies a the tale of hubris and the great woe. I'm still awaiting a convinced and convincing breakdown of U.S. specialness. There is nothing either good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. And I would be, and I would be as hard put to tolerate the same claims of any country I know, especially the congratulating, self-congratulating, conquering kind. So is the function. Truly, now, is the function of the Supreme Court to retard the US and keep it in the 18th century? Al, it's okay if you want to say so, it'd be a great relief. At least it is being honest, endowing the people with intelligence, another tradition absent in our history and traditions. As Elvis said, a little less conversation, a little more action, please. and a whole lot less bragging, please.